Welcome to Faith City Outreach, where your host, Marina Maria, reaches out to the world to discuss Christian topics and providing biblical solutions, as well as praying for the nations. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The music in this broadcast is provided courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Now, here is your host, Marina Maria. For Faith City Outreach, where the Lord says, And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Esley Montenegro, who serves as the Arizona Implementation Director for the American Federation for Children in Phoenix, Arizona. Esley, thank you so much for being on Faith City Outreach to share how God is using you to empower families to choose and receive quality education for their children. Thank you so much, Marina. It's an honor to be here today. Esley, when did God call you to work for the American Federation for Children? You know, I I recently was thinking on that, and it's actually just this past May of 2019, God called me to step into a new realm, a new environment, a new mountain is what I like to call it, <laughs> to conquer. And he just just really uh, divinely connected me to the right people. So it's not, it hasn't even been less than a year. A, a wow. Little, yeah, more than a year. How's it going so far? It's been amazing. It's been by far one of the most rewarding experiences and also uncomfortable experiences of my life. (laughs) Isn't that God, though? Sometimes he just takes us out of our comfort zone. Sincerely, that's how I know it's him. (laughs) Yes. And you know what? That's great that you obeyed and that you were willing with fear. Absolutely. To do it. Because so many people don't um, don't do that. Even though they're fearful, they don't step forward and take that step of faith but you did it and look what god is doing i agreed 100 percent. i see god move and it was difficult to take that leap of faith and risk but when you your heart is tugging at you and the lord does not leave you alone it's time to go it's time to pack your bags and go on to the next level where god is calling you amen please tell us what the mission for the american federation for children is Absolutely. So American Federation for Children has a mission to help low-income families have and find and have access to quality education. And we're talking many, many families in the state of Arizona have disadvantages. And for the first time in, in you know, since 2011, uh, thank God for this opportunity, the doors have been open for these families, not only to have the access, but to have the provision and even to have the advocacy that the law is in their favor to find quality education at affordable prices. That's interesting. I was quite excited reading about the mission for American Federation for Children, because for the first time, I have read about an organization allowing low-income families to have the freedom to choose and also receive quality education. That's unheard of. Absolutely. And that you, you said something very perfectly and timely. It's the ability, the freedom to choose. And when and where have we been able to see that? Yes. 
Exactly. I mean, we see it in the wealthy and the upper class. Exactly. We see it in the there middle class, We've but we don't it. see it in the lower class. Exactly. And so that's what we've done is we've been that gateway to help these families find and choose for themselves to understand what is quality education? How can I access it? And do I really have the freedom to choose a, a quality school for my child? And the, and the answer is yes. They are probably even quite surprised themselves. They really are. It's They think it's too good to be true. Every time I talk to them, I encounter a family. They're looking at me with these surprised eyes and saying, is this is this true? Is yes. this real? Are and you I said, serious? Yeah. yeah. It, I, and, and, the, and a lot of them say, I've never heard anything like this. And this is someone that's already in the state of Arizona. And I tell them many families are even moving to our state because of that. And our wow. goal is obviously to promote it to many states. But as of now, the opportunities here in our state this is quite unique impressive and i highly appreciate it um, by me because i have been an elementary school teacher for 14 years and i still see low-income families receive poor education based on where they live exactly thank you so much for serving in in the caliber that god's allowed you and i can tell and i can i know that you firsthand have seen that is that many children are 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 receiving education that's just to pass them and so what happens is they the parents are unaware they're uninvolved and the child is moved on to the next grade with very little uh, reading or math or any any basic skills to, to show for by the time they graduate high school. Why does it have to take an organization like the American Federation for Children to assist low-income families to choose and receive a quality education, Leslie? You know, that's a really great question. I, I would say the answer is that we have to we have to remember that we've given sometimes we give other people too much power to make decisions for us and sometimes it takes someone to remind you to empower you and say the decision is actually yours Mm -hmm. you are the people you make the choice for your child who else is going to care for your child in the way that you care for them no one else, not the government, not the mayor, no one else is going to love and appreciate and, and guide your child the way that you can and the way that you should. Right. But it seems like those in power have given, let's say, the have taken or made the decisions for a lot of the low-income families. Exactly. And I would, I would dare to say that it takes an organization like us to help these families because there's a lot of fear. And fear tends to stifle you. It tends to hold you back from learning mm-hmm. and from being empowered to make that choice. And so we're here to say no more fear. Mm-hmm. This is all empowerment. Your mom, your dad, you're the parent, you're the legal guardian of your child. Let us step up and say, okay, what is my child learning have they received the best and quality education? And if they haven't, why not? Exactly. exactly. We've helped the healthy, the wealthy succeed in education. Why not help all children, especially the low income, succeed too? Exactly. And you know what I, we've learned? There's a lot of trends to see that a lot of the lower income families also have special needs. And because of embarrassment or shame or fear, they don't ask for the help that's already there. And because you're right, the the wealthy and people that have that, the affluence to have access, they're gonna readily find those resources. But at the same time, it's time to empower those that 
that probably don't have that income and that that financial um, disposable income. And so that's where we come in to advocate and say, you know what, I'm not going to make the choice for you, but I'm going to tell you that you can make that choice. And not only can you make it, but once you do, it will change the history, the, the future of your child. And you can do the same for other families and help more families come awake to this. How do you guide the families to choose a school or to use different learning environments for their children? That's an excellent question, Marina. I would say that the first way is we like to get to know their story. Where are they in this process? Are, are they asking questions? And once they tell us their story, what we begin to do is we determine their eligibility of what, of what scholarships are out there because there's many, many available for these families. And as soon as they find uh, the opportunity and they are willing, then we help them apply through the scholarships and we will walk them through every step of the way until they have that scholarship in their hand. And then we help them research a school that's in their neighborhood or in their area of choice. And once they've said, yes, that's the school, we connect them with the school. And then we make sure that they're being good stewards of this scholarship. Now, do you keep track of them? Like, do you keep up with their progress? And do you go back and ask them, how's it going? We actually do. We have a, a large database of families that have subscribed to our organization That's for great. updates, deadlines, for just law, laws that have passed that are changing. And our goal is to just check on them to see, do you need support? Do you need an advocate? How are you doing? How are you using the scholarship? Because the scholarship is not just for tuition. It also pays for books, uniforms, um, one of the coolest things that I love to hear is therapies for children with special needs. Mm. It pays for tutoring. So if your children are suffering with, you know, just they're behind on math, English, you can hire those tutors to come to your home or go to the school. And wow. so we make sure that we stay connected with the parent to say, hey, are you using these effectively? Are you maximizing your your ability to use this resource? And if you're not, how can I help you? So we co- we actually connect them to a large Facebook group that we have. It's called ESA um, Family Network, and there's a little under 2,500 families already in that network who just talk to each other. They're a big family helping, supporting one another, saying these are the do's, these are the don'ts. And so what we do is we just connect them with this giant family, and then we stay alert to see if there's anything that we can directly do to help the family. That's great that you you know, continue to monitor their progress and keep in touch with them because a lot of times organizations or even schools or just businesses, anything, they just, um, they help them and then they let them go and they never get back to them. Exactly. And you know, that's something that we want to become even better with. And and the reason I say that is because the, the family is growing. And when your family grows, as you all can relate, it's hard to keep, start tracking names and count. You lose count. But our goal is to continue to just keep them in our in our database and what we do is we have them sign up by text and we send them emails updates we we like to send newsletters and also we we also stay in touch with schools who participate using these scholarships as well that's great so do a lot of the schools know about you you know we are slowly making traction i would say that we have much work to do. I would say we have much work to do because many children who are learning about school choice and options, they're learning that there is open enrollment. They're thinking that they only have the choice between public schools, but 
the reality is you can choose a public school and that's wonderful. But if it's not providing the needs for your child, there are many private schools out there. And these private schools are opening up all the time. So there's a lot of smaller or larger schools that still are in the early stages of learning how the, the state provides scholarships for kids. And so this is where our job is to go out there and teach them how to connect families and how to have the school use the scholarship and how the parent can use the scholarship, put them together. That's great. How can we help you pass the word on? Well, I think that just being here alone has been huge. I think that the more families know about it, the better. I would say any um, any schools, any families, any event that you ever go to, when you hear a family that has children with 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 grades K through 12, they would be the perfect person just to have a conversation with is, are you happy with your school? How are your kids doing? Are they behind? Do you ever, and, and, and depending on how the family is open, they'll start saying, you know what, I'm looking to change my kids to a different school. That would be the perfect segue to say, you know what, I heard about a scholarship that you might be interested in. And how about you look into it and and that's the moment of opportunity to share this with any family again that has children from kindergarten to 12th grade and the amazing thing about these programs is they go all the way through high school up until the age of 22. so if your child has any delays and they haven't graduated before age 22 they can still partake of this scholarship program that's great it is and I, I like to throw in little sprinkles of facts because some families say, well, my child's already older. How would I benefit if they're using the scholarship and they graduate from high school and they have remaining funds? They can apply them to the community college or university. So it's it's such an amazing program. And that's why we want to get the word out. So the more people hear of it, just like today, the more we'll be able to benefit from such an amazing program. That is an amazing program, truly is. And it's good to know that fact that they can still use the funds for, you know, uh, after graduation. Yes. Because a lot of programs or scholarships just help you um, during high school, just for high school. Very true. So, wow, that is so amazing. I can't wait to tell other people, and I'm very serious, especially parents that I know who can highly benefit. And you from know, this Marina, I want to thank you for saying that so much. I want you to know that that's why it made it so easy for me just to connect with this organization because I knew that we are doing only good for mm-hmm. families. And what we're doing is we're giving educational freedom. Again, we talked about low income families, and who wouldn't want something that's completely beneficial for the family? for the upbringing of your kids. These are the future leaders, the future doctors, the future nurses, attorneys that are going to be leading our communities. Yes, and we need to leave a legacy behind. Exactly. We need to leave the next generation, a better generation. Exactly, and sometimes we get so caught up in our daily grinds. In our own lives, too. and we forget that our children are growing up. They're growing up very quickly. You just blink and they're an inch taller. (laughs) So true. Yeah. Ashley, what do principals think about this program? You know, I've been coming in contact with more and more, specifically in the private sector. They're very excited. A lot of principals are realizing that this is an opportunity to bring diversity to their schools because you have different eligibility categories that I'll go over in a little bit. 
I believe that this is an opportunity to bring that diversity to the school and to really tap into a competitive education and improve the school system. So you have principals that are questioning, well, how would this affect us or how would it help us? Well, as we know, in a very capitalistic country Mm -hmm. that we live in, anything that challenges you to be better will make you improve. And so our goal is to improve education. So principals are excited. I've talked to a several already and they're very excited to have this scholarship available to their in their school now do you go and um give out presentations to schools we do we do i love to connect with administrators school leaders principals anyone that would open the doors to have that open-mindedness and this is state law so it's not something that i created this is already existing again since back in april 2011 um governor doug ducey helped just help um, opened up this gateway for for our education here in Arizona, and at, we we've been a, a premier leader in the states. We were actually the very first um, um, state to be able to provide these empowerment scholarship accounts, is what they're called, and so. They are not only excited, but they're asking us, okay, what can we do to partner? How can we bring more children to our schools? And because we are open to that opportunity, we we, we even offer uh, maybe small budgets to help campaign for schools. And again, we don't choose the school. They choose us. Mm -hmm. But our goal is to just give them an opportunity to enroll more students in all of these categories. That's great. I was going to mention, yes, that I did read on um, the Internet that in April 2017, Governor Ducey signed legislation to expand educational freedom in Arizona, guaranteeing that families and children have access to the best educational opportunities available, regardless of where they come from or what zip code they live in. Yeah, that's exactly correct. Now, I wanted to ask you this question. There are still schools out there that don't provide quality education to refugee students and to Native American students in reservations. Yes, you know we. Are actually, you going there too? We are. Um, in fact, my team and I, we have a, 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 a small team here in Arizona. We're growing every month, every day. We're just look, recruiting more families to help promote this movement. Um, we've actually gone north to the tribal communities to find out what 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 education access do they have. And recently, we've actually been connected to. Um, an organization that's called Prenda Microschools. And what they are is they're just smaller schools that provide a hybrid educational program for these Native Americans to be able to have access to a brick and mortar school, but then they also have the access to maybe an online format. And so what it's doing is it's it's attracting better teachers. It's attracting um, high quality certified um, school leaders. And our goal is to bring that to the rural areas. And that's probably one of the fastest ways that we can get quality education to those rural areas. And so Doug Ducey, I'm just very much um, in agreement with what he's doing here in Arizona, is he's saying not only is the gateway open and open enrollment, but what methods can you do? And now there's online. You can do school online. There are private schools online. So it's not all just brick and mortar. Obviously, for the smaller children, we want to provide quality in-house education. But for the teenagers, those that are 
considering to even drop out of school mm-hmm. we don't want to give them that option we want to say no nope, mm-hmm. GED is not an option we understand some people have to take those routes but when you're a young teenager you should not be forced to have to get a GED rather you have another option say a hybrid or online private education and a quality education Amen yes. to that. <laughs> I'm just so excited that you're here today. Thank you. I am too. I really it's an am honor. because like I said, um, I am a teacher and I'm so passionate about teaching children. And so your um, the American Federation uh, for Children, what it offers is just so unique. And are you one of the first ones that is doing this? You know, we are actually the largest uh, pro-school choice organization in the country. So wow. we're, we're the largest. Um, I do hear of other organizations that do help with tax credits. They're very specific to that scholarship. But what we do is we promote all options. And so we're not just in Arizona. We're in several different states across the nation. Yeah, your headquarters is in Washington, D.C., Correct. Right? Our headquarters is is in D.C. And so our goal is to just really start the movement and see the leadership that Arizona has done and take it to another level. And so we're seeing that, you know, recently uh, uh, U.S. Secretary uh, of Education uh, Betsy DeVos actually came um, back in uh, a couple of weeks ago and just came to support the school choice movement. So they they're very highly aware that Arizona is leading the way when it comes to the entrepreneurial and the competitive advantage that we're creating here in in Arizona for education and specifically for K through 12, but just the way that universities were opened up and that com- competition happened with universities. Our goal is to improve our education with elementary and high schools as well. Yes, and you're changing the face of education. Absolutely. That, and that's what makes me excited is that some of the things that I didn't get to learn as a child are now accessible exactly. at, a, at a very low cost. So why would we why would we hold back from providing that to our kids? Because again, they're going to be they're going to be light years ahead of us when we're at mm. they're at our age. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the goal is that's to leave the, the generation better than we found it. Yes, exactly. Yes. Please share the vision for the American Federation for Children. Well, our vision recently has been to to really all walks of life, travel all of Arizona, every corner, every every county, and just announce what school choice movement is. It's really just the freedom to choose your school. You should not be dictated by the government or by your zip code, like you said mm-hmm. earlier, um, for what school your child goes to. And I understand that right now there's questions about what does that do for the public school system. Our goal is to say, hey, if the public school system works for you, our vision is that you stay there then exactly and and since there are schools that are a rated b c d and f rated we want to make sure that all schools pick up their rating we don't want any failing schools so how do we do that we encourage families to start asking questions and we encourage families to get involved our vision is to get families and parents involved right you're not competing with the districts not at all we're actually supporting them exactly and giving in uh um Another way of yes. helping the children that leave their schools. Exactly. Because the thing is, they're going to leave if they don't have what they need. Exactly. And so how do you fill that gap? What you do is you f- 
find an alternative resource. That way these children do not drop out. That way these children finish their education. So what we're doing is we're giving them the choice. If you like your public school, I always tell parents, you need to stay and be the best student you could ever be. But if you're you're seeing that it's not meeting your child's needs Mm -hmm. and there's, you know, you see some sort of digression or you see any, any delays in any of their, you know, their apprenticeship and their learning, then you need to take action now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That is so true. How does the American Federation for Children measure their success? Because I know you're successful, but I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah. You know, we are doing our best to stay in contact with the Department of Education to see how many children are applying to these scholarships. So I would say with the rate of applicants, that tells us a lot that these families are aware and they're taking advantage of these programs. Another way, too, is with the involvement of the schools. How many schools are aware? How many schools can we visit every single year? How many families can we connect? So I would say it just it, it would be by the families, by the schools and also by the rate of applicants towards these programs. Awesome. Have you ever had um, a family that was hesitant to, um, well, they knew that they needed your services, Mm -hmm. right? They knew they needed your help, but they were hesitant to receive the help. How do you get by that? That's a great question. I do receive that often because, again, mm-hmm. they, they're a little distrusting. Right. Uh, they've been let down. A exactly. Lot of families they've been, been let, disappointed. They've been from... disappointed. And what we do is we build the relationship first. And, you know, there's that saying that says people don't want to know how much you know until they know how much you care. Exactly. And so when we we provide, we, we're, we, we do backpack drives and we mm-hmm. do toy drives and we do turkey drives. Our That's organization good. stays involved with community. And when they see wow. that this organiza- organization actually cares and they give back to the needy, they start asking questions as, why are you guys really here? Yeah. And when I start plugging with these families, I say, look, we really want you to know that there are people that really care. Yes. And we are one of those. And when you start building that trust, they're a little bit more open to say, you know what? Send me an email yes. <laughs> or send me that flyer. Or can you, can you text me or can you, can we talk tomorrow? Or how about this? I can't meet you anywhere because I don't have the transportation, but can maybe you come over to my home? And so with their comfortability, with their permission, what we do is our team will come to them. So it's just building a way that it's not having them just come to us, but we're going to them, to their busy lives, to their scarcity. So we're meeting them where they are. And that's how we build that rapport and that trust. And we just let them have the freedom to decide if they're willing to, to let us walk them through the process. So do you go mostly to the schools? We do. We go to okay. the schools, um, open houses, okay. or we have meetings with the schools. They have uh, parent information centers or parent information sessions. We have a lot of just unique, creative events that we love to just be involved with. And we'll set up a booth and we'll put you know flyers, we'll put little giveaways and just a sign-up sheet and, and right then and there, if they, wanted to, if they wanted to apply in that moment, we'll have a laptop ready and have them apply. But most of them usually like to do an appointment afterwards and then we'll just meet them somewhere. Um, because we're remote, we'll meet them wherever, again, we'll meet them where they are. So that's the easiest access. And a lot of families, 
they'll go right to the website and see this is Department of Education. This is not just American Federation for Children. Exactly. Our organization is just the hands and feet, and the Department of Education is the one that has laid down the law. So right. we're just all we're doing is saying, hey, did you know this existed? Right. Because we're here you, to help. Yeah, you voted it to happen. <laughs> so you know your leaders are are making things happen. Now let's take advantage that they have passed these laws in our benefit. Yes, that's true. I really like and give you a lot of credit um, for creating positive relationships with the schools. Thank you. Because not a lot of organizations or even schools themselves kind of work as a separate entity. And it's always good to hear that organizations or schools or even businesses or people in general working together, partnering together, mm-hmm. supporting each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that that's something that we will never um, be able to, uh, I would say, pass over or we can never um, overlook the importance of a one-on-one relationship. Everything has become so technological, emails, text messages, even phone calls, but there's nothing that can replace a face-to-face conversation. And so that's why we will go to the school. We'll sit down with the principals. They get to know me. They get to know my directors. They get to know our team. And our goal is to say, look, we're not here to sell you a product. We're here to tell you that this is already available for your school and there are kids that can be coming to your school. But the only reason they haven't is because they don't know that this scholarship exists. So if you and I partner together, we will bring more children to your school and they will have the affordability to come here and your school will just benefit in the long run because of the diversity and the change that's coming to your city and your community as a result. Amen. Ashley, we're partners now. Yay! I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm honored. I really am. And I, I know it's timely. It's definitely it is. divine and timely. It is. This is Marina Maria from Faith City Outreach, and I am talking with Ashley Montenegro, who serves as the Arizona Implementation Director for the American Federation for Children in Phoenix, Arizona. We are talking about how God is using her to empower families to choose and receive quality education for their children. Ashley, from the School Choice YouTube video you sent me, it mentioned the four ways states um, offer families school choice. Yes. Can you please share a little bit about each of them? Well, here in Arizona, we um, I know that there's a, a specific program that I've been talking about is the Empowerment Scholarship account. And then we also have tax credit scholarships. So we don't have all four. I know other states have vouchers, which is okay. basically money that they can use again towards the education of their children. And then there's also different types of tax credits that Um, or corporations and organizations can donate towards a school or towards um, any type of any family that's wanting some sort of private education. Specifically here in Arizona, I want to talk about the ones we have since I'm a little bit more familiar with those. It's the tax credit scholarship is really if families want to have, you know, a private education, they can go knock on the door of their family and friends and receive tax credits that will go towards their child's tuition. So that's one way to do it. Or there are organizations here in Arizona that 
receive tax credits from corporations. And so families will apply to that scholarship depending on their income, and they can receive almost full tuition to pay for private education. And we're talking, I mean, Christian Catholic schools, we're talking about non-religious schools, online schools, they will pay for the full tuition if the child applies and is eligible. So that's one of the state scholarships we have. The empowerment scholarship account is a little bit more in depth. And that's the one that we've been really focused on because it's our smaller one, which is quickly, quickly growing. The empowerment scholarship account, all it is, it's just a big savings account that the family gets to use in the form of a debit card. And so once they receive the funds, they could use that that scholarship uh, to pay for tuition, books, uniforms, tutoring, and therapies, and a lot more. So it, these are the main scholarship programs we have here in Arizona, and those are the ones that we lead families to and say, hey, if, you don't el- if you're not eligible for one, let's get you to the other. So those are the, the main scholarships that we have here in Arizona. So who is eligible for an um, empowerment scholarship account? Awesome. I'm so glad you asked. So we have seven different eligibility provisions or categories. The first one is, the question is, is your, is your child attending a failing school. So a failing school would be a school that has been graded as a D or an F by the Department of Education. So a few years back, the Department of Education started rating every school. Mm -hmm. And if it's an A+, then you're at a wonderful and amazing school. So that's great. But if your child is attending a D or F school, that is highly concerning. That means that their test rates are are below the standard, the state standard. Mm -hmm. And so the child would be automatically eligible if they attend one of those DNF rated schools. That would be the first category. The second one is if the child has an IEP or an MET, which is a individualized education plan from a public school district. And the reason why they'd be eligible is if they feel that they're not being their needs are not being met at the public school district, so they would apply to this scholarship, take this scholarship, and then find a, a separate type of unique quality educational program that would satisfy their 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 needs. And I'll kind of go through the, the rest. If the child has an active duty military member parent, if they're active duty, they're eligible as well. If families live on tribal lands, which is what we were talking about, the reservation lands here, we have several of them in Arizona. If the child has been adopted or has ever been a part of the foster care system here in Arizona, they're mm. eligible as well. That's good. And if the parent of the, if the child's parents have any type of legally blind, deaf, or he, hard of hearing impairment, and this is one of my favorites, is you can say, "Well, Esley, I'm not eligible for any of those." But if one of your children is eligible. All of their siblings are eligible automatically. Wow. So I've had parents have six children and only one of them was originally eligible. So that automatically as a result makes all every of their one of siblings get the scholarship eligible. as well. Yes. Wow. So you just get the first one in and then as soon as they approve the first one, you start applying for the rest of them and they automatically get the scholarship as well. So those are the seven. And it's it's tremendous because again, you're always gonna find one of them that has some sort of need and that jumps right on to these categories, and that's the amazing result is that all the family gets to benefit as a result of the of the you know the different provisions that we have available how can a parent use an ESA scholarship in other words the empowerment scholarship account well um, as soon as you find a school a private mm-hmm. school of your choice they're gonna bill you right mm-hmm. they're gonna bill you so you can use it to pay for the full tuition of your school 
and you will get the amount in, in, in four quarters. So every quarter you'll be receiving a, a, an amount. You pay for the tuition and families use it for uniforms. So school, some schools require them, some don't. And then a lot of the times children go home with requirements of what their classes need. So maybe books, um, specific requirements to the class they can use it for. Um, I've learned a lot of families are able to use it for therapy. So I've seen occupational speech therapy, wow. aquatic therapy. There's a mom that uses um, horseback riding therapy for her autistic child, and oh, it's helped wow. his motor skills. Um, so they can use it for that. You can use it for tutoring. So if your child's failing in a subject, mm. hire that tutor as long as they're certified. And they, they, you know, there's a guideline that helps you pick those tutors. And as long as they're certified by the state of Arizona, you can move forward with with that, you know, using as as a, a complete expense to use, you can use the scholarship to do that. So there's a lot of ways, a lot of creative ways within those guidelines. And so it's, I would say it's, it's a dream come true really for a lot of these families, especially for families that have children with very, very, just they're on the high spectrum. And, and so it's really important for them to know that this is an option for them. And it's a, a definitely a miracle if they've been waiting for, if they've been waiting for something like this and now they're listening, if you're listening right now, this is your yes. moment to take advantage of this because it's arrived, it's here and, um, and it's time to take advantage of, of this program. Esley, what methods can you use for the ESA scholarship? That's a great question. So the different methods that you can use with the ESA is private school tuition, which would mean a brick and mortar school, an online private school, or you could even use the ESA scholarship for homeschooling programs as well. So it would help pay for the curriculum of homeschooling, again, the books, tutoring, therapies, as we mentioned before as well. That's great. And this is not only a dream come true for them, but it's also a dream come true for me to hear it. Oh, that's awesome. And to know that it exists. Yeah. Well, I, I felt the same way. I said to myself, wow. this is what I'm going to do. I'm, this is how I'm going to help people. Yes. Sign me up. Exactly. <laughs> what, where do I do? And, and believe me, I have, as soon as I go to events, I will get calls and I encourage people to still call me, text me. I will yes. help them. And if I personally can't go to your home, we have a team in Arizona. We I was going to say you. that because <laughs> yeah. I know if you have a lot of phone calls, who mm -hmm. helps you? With Absolutely. <laughs> we have a team. We have a team. And so, you know, generally, they'll call the generally they call the main number and then they'll be assigned an advocate right and an advocate will start asking them questions basic and if the family's okay to do it over the phone we'll do it over the phone because it's a very That's simple good to know. so yeah, they can do it over the phone it's all it's an electronic application so wow. we can we can help you walk you through to do it over the phone or just come to you and just sit down get to know you and then fill it out in person That's great Yeah it's exciting What does Arizona state law say about school choice that's an excellent question. So Arizona state law says that every child um, has the freedom. You know, we have open enrollment to choose the freedom to choose quality education, um, regardless of their zip code, regardless of the region, regardless of their street address. You can pick any school for your child. And this is from kindergarten through 12th grade, just as if you were picking a university for your child, you should be able to take your tax dollars and use them in the school of your choice. And that is, that is the door that was opened is we already pay taxes. Mm -hmm. I pay taxes. You pay taxes. Mm -hmm. we, we all, all do. do. <laughs> we can't get away from that. And so where is that money going is the question. So, 
state law says that if it's going somewhere and that school is failing, you have the right, you have the freedom to say, hey, you know what? How about I take my tax dollars somewhere else, somewhere where I know my child will be receiving quality education, especially again, that window has opened up for the lower income families. And so now our job is to educate them. We now, yes, do you tell them. the uh, families about this law? Yes, we, we certainly do. That's, That's usually the first thing I say because they're, they're going to think I'm selling them something. Exactly. Or, or this is, they you don't, they trying don't to scam trust them for me. something. Absolutely. And I say, you know what? If you have questions, let's look at this together. Let's go on their, you know, the state um, government website and mm-hmm. let's look at it together. If you have questions, let me know. I If they feel comfortable doing the research on their own, they, I have them do it. But for the most part, once they see that this is state law and I am not making this up, <laughs> this is something that really exists. Right. Then they start opening up you know, the their just their, their their understanding and their hearts to say, okay, I'm interested. I want to know more about it. What do I do? Or they'll say, my sister, my cousin, my aunt, my kids, someone is eligible. Or how can I help you? And there's different ways you can get involved. You don't have to apply to the scholarship, but maybe you can help spread the scholarship. Maybe you love education. Maybe you believe in school choice. Maybe you believe in educational freedom, just like I do, just like we do today. You just pass the word around. You just pass the word. That's it. And you can change somebody's life because they didn't know they had a choice, but now they do. Awesome. Do you ever need any translators to help families from different cultures? I Yes, I do. Uh, right now, we, our main languages are English and Spanish. Okay. Um, so we do translate a lot of the material. I would say that this is a, an area where we would love more help with. Um, the Department of Education definitely needs more help with translation. And so I've suggested for a lot of the material, the, li- the literature to be translated. So I would say that's an area of opportunity. And when we can, we do the translation. Most of the time, it's in, it, I would say the majority of the time right now, it's in Spanish and English. But most of the documents are in English. But either way, I will go out of our, my way or I'll have our team go out of our way. And we have a lot of bilingual speakers. Or we'll find someone with that native language. I have Marty who works with the native community. She speaks fluent Navajo. So she'll translate everything in you know their language. And so that way they can still take part and apply for the program regardless of the, the barrier of the of, of the you know their language so yeah it does exist but we could definitely use a lot more help on that yeah that's great now what uh, population is really um, taking advantage of the services that you provide I would say right now we've been doing a heavy focus on families with special needs. Um, A lot of families are missing out on very large portions. Um, Mm. You know, the Department of Education could give you as low as maybe $1,500 a year to as high I've seen as in the 30,000s. And and so when I say families, you need to take this very seriously. You don't know. I can't guarantee an amount for you. But what I know is that there is money out there that we've already given, right? We're talking about the taxes. Mm -hmm. So I would say the larger demographic would be families with special needs the second one would be the families that are attending a failing school district okay and then i would say following that would be the um active military families and again you have one child that's eligible more of them are so those demographics do expand but i would say those are primarily the the highest applicants that i've recently seen are you allowed to share your faith with family, Cecily? You know, I, I am. And the reason I say I am is because 
when I've built that relationship with a family, what I realize is that what we all have in common is we have different aspects when it comes to faith. And, um, we have, we all have a desire to, to, to satisfy our basic needs in life. And faith is one of them. And as soon as the family says, I want to instill good values and good morals in my kids, I say, I do too. I came from a family of faith. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I say that, they say, oh, well, I'm a person of faith, too. And the conversation will just be so organic, so beautiful. And so at that point, some of them will say, you know, I've been praying for a miracle. And, and just the language that they use just gives me the, the open door to just pray for them and, and share my faith. And many times I've had an opportunity to say, can I pray for you? I was going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I've had a lot of yeses in, in my time, you know, with this organization. And they said, yes, please. And over the phone, I said, we're going to make this short and sweet. And with your permission, we're going to pray that this be the gateway to change your family future. And I'll pray over them. I'll say, Lord Jesus, I ask in, this, in your name that this opportunity could expand for generations. That could change yes. your, your child, your future, your family, and that, that they can take full advantage of the blessing that you're already sending their way. And it's just short and sweet. Mm-hmm. And they thank me. And I've had tears shed over the phone. I've had families mm-hmm. hug me. I've had families just don't know how to thank me. And I, I just tell them, look, this, the way you can thank me is do the same thing for somebody else. Yeah. The way you can thank me is go and share this with another family. And that's how we're all going to thank each other. And so that's been sincerely my experience with prayer and faith in this organization, and this movement. That's beautiful. Thank you. It's really beautiful. How do you stay in a place of faith on a daily basis? You know, I, I ask myself that a lot, you know, in my career of education, it hasn't always been easy. Um, there's people that don't believe the way I do. Mm. Um, there are people that mock me. Mm. Um, and you know, I, I sometimes wonder where it comes from, but I, I learned it's just evil, right? Mm-hmm. We, we know that we have, um, uh, animosity. We have an enemy mm-hmm. of our soul. And I, and knowing that tells me also that I have someone that stands on my side. So the way that I stay plugged in with my faith and the way that I stay in faith is for one, I, I rely on the word of God. I, I love devotion. I love to wake up in the morning and, and meditate on a verse, a, t- a verse, a scripture, um, transforming our, our minds. You know, we are renewed by the transformation of our minds. So I always turn to scriptures that really solidify what I'm doing and how I'm just, I'm an ambassador of Christ. So every day... Amen. I, I plug into his word and then I love worship music. Mm. I think personally. Yes, I read that you like to sing. I am a worshiper. I am ah. a worshiper. I love to sing. Um, yes. My mom as a child, she put me on stage and I cried the very first time. But now I thank her because um, she, she knew me. That she knew. You. And, and so now, you know, I, I love just to worship. It's, it's, it's a gift to me. And I feel that I, I owe it to my savior, Jesus Christ. For all he's done for me, he's given me a peace that passes all understanding. And he's given me a heart of generosity. I I believe that that comes from the Lord. When you feel so generous, all of a sudden you want to give everything. (laughs) And people have to say, hold on, hold on, you know, take care of yourself first. Which is something I have to remind myself is I get caught up in busy life. But I do take care of myself. But I realize that there's nothing more rewarding than to give to God's children, his people, and to be able to be used And so worship and prayer and obviously staying in the word. And one last thing to say 
Is I'm connected by faith based people too. Yes, so very important. My mentors, to be my you know people that, that I work with, they're faith based. And you know the thing is, we never talked about it at the beginning. We just were a lot like each other. And then I realized there's something different about this person. And I already knew, but then I had to hear it from them. And sure enough, mm-hmm. they say yes, I I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And I say no wonder, <laughs> you're amazing too. <laughs> yeah, you just want to be around them a lot. I huh? do. I really do. Yeah, <laughs> they're contagious. They are. Spirit of Christ is contagious. It is. That is so true. How do you, um, or let's just say, what is the most rewarding part of your ministry at the American Federation for Children? I, I love this question so much because, you know, the one of the most rewarding experiences is being able to see children. When I went up to the um, reservation, I saw baby Native Americans, mm-hmm. children and Native Americans, and I saw so much need in their eyes mm-hmm. that they don't even know. They don't even know. And I, I would say that to be a messenger, to ha- I feel sometimes very powerless, right? We feel very powerless. We feel that we don't have much to contribute to society. But I thought to myself, I'm out here in the middle of a whole different world Mm -hmm. because it's a different world up there. And I'm handing out an opportunity to build their minds. This is not a materialistic thing, right? We're not giving them a toy, which is beautiful. We've done that before, but we're giving them the ability to transform their little minds into giants. What kind of giants do we want to create? We want to create giants of, of faith, of morals, of stewardship, Yes. of opportunity uh, these are people that are going to transform our world and, and we're leave a legacy and leave behind a legacy for generations for generations and generations to come and you know i i thought to myself the reason why this is so rewarding is because i would not be here okay mm-hmm. i would not be here today had someone else not sown a seed right and the way they say it is the reason we stand under their shade today is because someone sowed a seed many many years ago and so i want to be that seed planter mm-hmm. so that years in the future those children can sit under a shade mm-hmm. and they might not ever get to remember me they may have never even saw me or met me personally i'm sure they'll remember <laughs> i hope so i sure <laughs> hope so we had about 100,000 people there one one yeah. time we went and so that's what i'm telling you is that for me it's rewarding that Esli came and Esli went, but yeah. just like the the word of God says that, you know, the earth passes and the yeah. flowers fade and the fl- the flowers wither, but the <clears throat> word of God is everlasting. It lasts yes. forever. And so I may be passing, I may go by, but my purpose was fulfilled to just bring them a seed of hope, a seed mm-hmm. of, of, of mind. And nothing's better than building a mind and making them strong and making them useful and hopefully for the honor and glory of God. That's the goal too. Exactly. You know, a child never forgets, Esley. Um, if you even think about you as a child and the things that your teacher told you and how your teacher taught you and you don't forget about that. Not at all. I, I still to this day remember um, one of my first grade teachers, yes. when I answered a math problem correctly, she leaped and clapped <laughs> and just said, you got it right. And I felt so much confidence and I know it seems like such a small Small. example, but the amount of confidence that she instilled in me made me realize that I am bright, I'm smart and I, I know what I'm doing when I pay attention, I can succeed. Mm -hmm. And I actually ran in, I I stayed in touch with her. Um, I, I found her on Facebook 
a, a few oh, years wow. back and she remembered me she says that bright little face that bright little girl that mm-hmm. smile i still mm-hmm. remember her and i said do you realize how much you you made a difference in my life and i told her through facebook because i just i needed to let her know that that little moment Oh my gosh. And I probably will never get another chance to to tell another teacher, but I want to make sure that when I do get an opportunity, I remind my teachers how how grateful I am for all that they've done. And and I know you're a teacher and you can relate. And I, I thank you for so many children that maybe we'll never get to tell you personally. Thank you for all you've done. Right. And um, I think what's important is um, what you said that you can see it in their eyes, but you also can see it in their eyes that they appreciate you. Yeah. And that whatever you do, that they that they love you just by the stare stares they get back to you. So true. There's a saying that says that the eyes are the windows of the soul. Amen. And you do see a lot through eyes. You see mm-hmm. pain, you see gratitude, you see hope. And again, we can choose what we see. And I choose to see hope. Exactly. I choose to see transformation. I, I, I usually yes. pray when I walk and I look at them, I pray for them. Yes. I, I'll walk in their midst. They don't even know I'm praying. I'm just saying, Lord, bless the, this, this generation. Pick them up. Take them out of drugs. Take them out of alcoholism. Take them out of, you know, the poverty. Let them see your light. And I just say, that's all I can do for now. But the power of the Holy Spirit can do so much more beyond me. And that's my peace. That's that's what that makes me feel fulfilled is that I walk in faith. I walk with with might, you know, yeah. the spirit of might that's with me. Greater is, greater is he Seems that is in me, in, you know, than he, he that is in, in the world. world. So that that's Absolutely. my reminder. That is so true. And you bring up another important important point, and that is that I, as a teacher, too, also pray for my students. And what um, is so interesting to see that God answers those prayers. And even if you can't share your faith in education, mm. the Holy Spirit is so powerful because some way he touches their lives, and then they come back to me, and they either give me a scripture Mm. Or they come back and they mention God to me. Wow. They themselves go out of the way and mention that. Mm-hmm. I don't mention it, but uh, all I can do is, you know, just show the love of Christ to yes. them. Yes. But you mentioned that 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 prayer is very important and vital. And it we is. must be in prayer and remain in prayer Yes, every day. Ashley, what advice would you give to families about the American Federation for Children? Um Anything that we have, let's just say, not mentioned, what would you tell them? Um, This is such a great um, time in our lives, more than ever, in an information age. We, We have so much access at our fingertips and information. Now, not all information is accurate, right? Not everything that you hear is true. But I would say my advice would be to to take the moment to if if to read or to talk to someone that's involved in doing good for the community and ask questions because what they don't know or what families may not know is that every every moment counts everything makes a difference we're impacted greatly by our leaders and think about the people that you vote and you put in office as well because they're the ones that are going to make a difference and impact you in the long run Exactly. And they, in turn, by you giving back, maybe someday will become a leader to change the face of education. Exactly. exactly. Amen. Thank you so much, Esley, to just share your heart and your passion for um, 
what you're doing. And um, I just would love for you to just close in prayer for whatever the Holy Spirit is leading you to pray for. I know that the Lord has chosen you for this position, and I see why. And I thank God for that, because you're changing the face of education for those who've never had the choice, the freedom. And um, I thank you for that. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Marina. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this honor. What an honor to stand here, to listen, to speak, to to use our voices for those that are voiceless. Lord, I pray in this moment that you open up the understanding of every listener, open up their spirit, open up their heart to receive your truth and your word. And that for those that didn't know that this is even an option, you free their mind from any chain. You free whatever listener around the world today. I ask that you open up the gateway of possibilities of education, but not just education for the secular, but education for the spirit, education for our our faith for so many realms that are around us God that we can tear down all kingdom and all argument against your word and that we can take every thought captive under Christ and that we can stand for you that we can raise the banner of our Lord Jesus Christ around the world and that education could simply be the platform for what you will be doing and I prophesy freedom over every country over every nation that every knee and every tongue will confess every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord regardless of our profession regardless of our of our career or whatever it is that you call us to do and we receive and we we accept that gift that is above every gift and that is your precious name and your gospel and your truth in jesus mighty name we pray and we thank you god amen we will return next sunday monday wednesday and friday at 5 p.m pacific coast time With another special guest, the Lord has brought to Faith City Outreach. Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Salmos 117. Alaban al Señor, naciones todas, pueblos todos, Cántenle alabanzas. Grande es su amor por nosotros. La fielidad del Señor es eterna. Aleluya. Alabado sea el Señor. You have been listening to the Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. The music used in this broadcast is provided courtesy of zapsplat.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.